It is Christmas Day 2016. We have celebrated our Christmas Eve candlelight service last night. Uh, some folks had supper with their families last night. Some celebrated their Christmas last night, opening their gifts. This morning, many of us have opened our presents. Maybe you had a big breakfast. Maybe you had cinnamon rolls this morning. Uh, our kids have rushed in to see what was under the tree. We had a big time. Maybe you did as well. Many of us have big lunch plans. Also with our families, at the conclusion of this service, we've got places we're going to go and, and family plans for lunch. Uh, some of us are going to even celebrate again tonight. We're going to head to Canyon and have Christmas with Carrie's folks there. We're going to do it all again. And then we will go to bed, and we will wake up tomorrow, and Christmas will be past. After all the planning, after all the shopping, all of the looking forward, all the celebrating, tomorrow will come and Christmas 2016 will be a memory. Christmas will be past. And my question this morning is this then, what next? What then? What are we to do now? This past month, if you've been attending, we've really focused on Christ. And we've looked at his birth and what it, his birth means to us as followers of Christ. And we've, we've gone several weeks putting our eyes on Christ and we have seen him as our savior. And we, we took a couple of weeks and we looked at what it is to have our savior and what that means and, and what that entails for Christ to be our savior. We, we looked at him a little bit as our Messiah, as the Christ, the anointed one, the promised one of God. And, and we've, we've looked at him in that role. We've, we've seen God's plan unfold through the miraculous birth of his son. And really you can't see that and not see the beauty of all of scripture that, that his plan starts here and it goes all the way to, to the book of Revelation and then how it unfolds in our time with the birth of his son. And, and I believe we have seen the hugeness of God, Emmanuel, what that means that he takes on flesh and he, and he comes for the redemption of, of sinful people and, and what it truly means that we have our Savior who is Christ the Lord. And then the question becomes, well, what now? What next? In just a moment, I'm going to ask that you would stand with me in a word of prayer and then we're going to move through some verses and we're going to see our answer. The truth of today is this. If we can leave this Christmas unchanged, then maybe we truly did not see Jesus. And that's the truth of today. If we can leave this Christmas unchanged, then perhaps we truly did not see Jesus. I'm going to ask if you would, if you'd stand with me for a word of prayer. Let's pray. Dear Father, we come and we're thankful for you. I'm thankful for Christmas. I'm thankful that we can see your plan unfold through it and that it's not just the birth of a baby, not just, not just some event that we take and, and make a token celebration, but it's the unfolding of our salvation through Emmanuel, God with us. 
that you humbled yourself and you took on the flesh of a man. And we're thankful for that because through that, we can have fellowship with you. We come today and we celebrate and we worship you. We, we set our eyes upon you as we start to understand. And maybe we're reminded what it is to have a Savior and that he is Christ. He is the Messiah, the anointed one of God and, and all that that means for us. I come on this Christmas day and on this Lord's day and we praise you for our Savior and our King, Jesus Christ. We come now and I pray as we, as we study these verses that you would speak to us, that you would lead us, that we would be changed as we've come and we've seen our Savior, Jesus. Pray for some in this service that do not know Christ as their Lord and Savior. I pray that, that you would stir in their hearts and that this would be a, a day of rebirth, new birth for them as they put their faith in Christ. Pray that we would be encouraged. Most of all, I pray that you would be worshiped and you be glorified. We love you and we praise you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Again, the truth of today is if we leave this Christmas unchanged, then there is a pretty good chance that we did not see Jesus. If we're able to come into this Christmas season and we're able to, to pass through this time and we're able to leave here unchanged, then there's a pretty good chance that we may have, we may have celebrated the holiday we may have marked the day. We may have had all of the events that go along with it, but perhaps we truly failed to see Jesus. In Matthew chapter 2, there's the account of the Magi, the wise men, as they travel and then as they find and as they worship Jesus. I'm going to ask if you'd listen for Matthew chapter 2, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 11. It says this. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem saying, Where is he who has been born the king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with them. Gathering together all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah they knew they were looking for the Messiah was to be born. They said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah. For out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called the Magi and determined from them the exact time this star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child, and when you have found him, report to me, so that I too may come and worship him. After hearing the king, they went on their way. And the star, which they had seen in the east, went on before them until it came and stood over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. After coming into the house... They saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Verse 11, notice there, it says that they fall to the ground in worship. They revere Jesus and they worship Jesus and they bestow upon him their, their valuable gifts. Notice there in verse 11, they are in awe 
of Jesus. Now, I want you to picture this this morning. They're there, they enter into the house, and there they see the young child, Jesus. This is the Christ. This is God with us. This is our Savior. This is the promised one. This is the anointed one. This is our hope if we're ever to have any hope. This is our peace if we're ever gonna have any peace. This is God's provision to us. This is Jesus, our Savior. And they look upon this child. Can you imagine that? Here they travel and they evidently knew the scriptures that there was a Messiah and they they follow the star and they understand looking upon this child, this is our Savior, God's anointed. Bible says there in verse 11, they worship him and they fall on the ground. I really can't even picture that scene of worship. There they, they fall on the ground in the presence of our Savior, Jesus. They worship him. But then look at verse 12. It says, and having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, don't go back that way, the Magi left for their own country by another way. Very simply, the Bible says they go back to their own country. Here's my question. I read this account and I wonder, how do you go back? after seeing the Christ, after seeing the Messiah, after beholding your Savior, how do you ever go back? What could ever top that in the course of your life? What is there left to see in the days of your life? And they go back. Simeon, in the, in the book of Luke, in the Gospel of Luke, he says, after he's been waiting to see his Savior, after he's been waiting to see our Christ, uh, he says there in the book of Luke, after he has seen him, I've seen him. Lord, I'm ready to die. I've I've done everything I can do. I'm ready to go with you. I kind of agree with that. This is that. After seeing Jesus, what do you do after that? But, But verse 12 says, and they go back. How do you ever go back? Maybe we'll see the answer in another account. In Luke chapter two, and I'm gonna read a whole bunch of verses here. In Luke chapter two, the first Seven verses, we have the account of the birth of Christ. Listen as I read it. Now in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and the family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. So we have the first seven verses. We have the account of the birth of Jesus. Starting in verse 8, enter in the shepherds. Listen to verse 8. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out of the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. 
For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in their heart. We read the account of the shepherds here, and we, we find that they see Jesus. First, the angel comes and, and tells them who this baby is, tells them what has gone on in the birth of Christ. He tells them there's going to be a sign. This is how you'll know. You'll find him in this place, lying in this manger and wrapped in these cloths. And then they, they travel, and they find the baby just as the angel told them. And think about this. Again, just like the wise men, they behold their Savior. Now the angel of the Lord said, your Savior has come. He tells them of that. But now they behold their Savior, who is Christ the Lord. They see their hope. If they're ever going to have any hope, they see their peace. If they're ever going to find any peace, there is Jesus, their Savior. And they're in awe. And yet listen to the first part of verse 20. It says this. The shepherds went back. Stop right here and just see a picture here. It says, and the shepherds go back. Now I want you to think about what they go back to. They go back to taking care of sheep. They go back to a routine. They go back to a life that had hardships and troubles and problems. Very simply, the Bible says they go back. As I read that account, I wonder if any of them said, you know what, let's just stay here. You know what, sometimes it is hot out there, and sometimes it is cold out there, and sometimes it's more than, than I can take out there. And, and when we're out there, we're all by ourselves. Maybe in light of what we've just seen here, maybe what we're doing out there really doesn't matter. I wonder if they said, any of them, let's just stay here. Yet the Bible says, and the shepherds went back. But don't miss this today. Don't fail to see this today. I want you to see how they go back. Listen to verse 20. I'm going to read all of it together. It says this. And the shepherds went back glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen just as had been told them. See, hear that again. The shepherds went back glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen just as had been told them. Very simple here, very plain here. After hearing what they heard, after seeing what they saw, and therefore then knowing what they knew. Now think about that for just a second. After, after hearing the proclamation of the angel, after seeing the things that the angel said, and therefore knowing what they knew, this is our Christ, this is our Savior, the Bible says, then they go back glorifying God 
and praising God. Very simply today, that's how they go back. Listen to me this morning. On Christmas morning 2016, when you know that you're a sinner, and hopefully you know that, and when you know that your sin has earned you a punishment, and that that punishment is death, separation from God now, and for eternity, when you know the holiness of God, when you know the greatness of our God, when you know the justice of our God, when you know the perfection of a standard, and when you know that you therefore are condemned in your sin, rightly so, you are condemned in your sin, and you know that you have no hope of ever being in fellowship with such a holy God. And when you know that it was your rebellion, you know it was your rebellion, and it was your pride, and it was your evil sin that cost you this relationship. And when you know that your works are never going to be enough, and your deeds are are never going to be enough, and you know that there's nothing that you can do, there's absolutely nothing that you can do, and you exist in darkness, and you exist in the absence of hope, and you stand, and you're guilty, and you're condemned in your sin. But when you know the same holy God loves you and His grace is amazing and His mercy is not understandable. And so the Bible says, and when the fullness of time had come in the book of Galatians and when the shepherds were out in the field in the gospel of Luke, And when a census was called and every man returned into the city of his ancestors. And when God gave his only begotten son, John chapter 3 verse 16. And when he was born on Christmas day. And once you see that we have our Savior who is Christ the Lord. And once you behold Jesus. And once you see that in Jesus we have the wonderful counselor, prince of peace, mighty God. Once you see in Jesus our Savior, the Christ, the Messiah, God himself, Emmanuel. You can go back but it's not in dread and it's not in despair. You go back and having heard what you've heard and having seen what you've seen. And now knowing what you know, you go back and you worship and you praise God. And so the question this Christmas morning is not how do we go back? You know what? We've got to go back. The question is this this Christmas morning. So then, have you really seen Jesus? This Christmas morning, Let us put our eyes on Jesus. On this Christmas morning, let us realize we have our Savior. Let us understand God's provision, the Messiah has come. By faith in Him, we are saved. By faith in Him, we are reconciled. By faith in Him, we become the righteousness of Jesus Christ. By faith in Him, we have a future. By faith in Him, we have a hope. By faith in Him, we have a peace. And it all started in our realm on Christmas morning. Let us worship our Savior, Jesus Christ. Merry Christmas. Let's pray. Dear Father, we come. And I pray that today our eyes are set upon you. Not the distractions of this world, not the heartaches of this world, not the hardship of the day we live in, not the craziness of the culture we exist in, but that our eyes will be set upon you. 
And I pray that this Christmas morning, like no other Christmas morning, we wouldn't understand we have our Savior who is Christ the Lord. Let that pierce into our hearts. Let that move into our mind. Let that shape everything that we're going to do. Let us leave here worshiping and praising our God. We come and I pray for some in this service that do not know such a peace, who do not have such a hope, they do not have a relationship with Christ. I I pray that today in the drawing of your spirit and the, the preaching of your word, they might put their faith in Jesus. Pray for us who have, that we might leave here renewed. We might leave here refocused and we would walk out of here worshiping and praising God. We love you and we praise you. Our desire is to honor and to glorify you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.